Shalom and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Elect Life Podcast Edition with Liz McGee. We hope you enjoy the journey as Liz takes you through her mystical insights from ancient Jewish writings. You'll find more info on the website at theelectlife.org. So go check it out and make sure you have oil in your lamp for the coming of Mashiach. And now your host, Liz McGee. Shalom. Welcome to today's uh, short little episode teaching. Welcome to the month of Adar. This is a great month. I hope people, uh, you know, learning how we, the calendar that we really are on before all the times and seasons were changed. The month of Adar is a great month to research and it's almost like an answer to prayer a lot in the sense of after such a long hard winter you get this month of blessing where built into it is miracles and deliverance and a time to be really hopeful and uh for the future the promises of elohim i think that's great uh the festival of purim is in this month and it is you know two weeks uh before the beginning of the spring festivals but purim is such a great story of deliverance uh, for the for the people of Elohim, and it happens the the deliverer is the great prophetess Esther. Now Esther is one of what that they call her the the seven um, deliver prophetess deliverers in Israel, and she is one of seven great women of the the Torah called. Uh, we have Sarah, Miriam, Deborah, Hannah, Abigail, Huldah, and Esther. And I think it's Esther, and there's seven, significant, and I think it's interesting that um, Esther is last. And she kind of represents the state when Israel, uh, where the bulk of the people are at that time. So she lived also, just to give a little history, which you can know about these people. There's tons of accurate, informative histories about our patriarchs and the people involved in the story in the Midrashes, in the writings. And people should really read them. But she was a, she lived during the time of Jeremiah. She was actually a relative. And she was actually extremely instrumental during the time of the revival of Josiah and of and teaching him and, and being and she had a school of, of prophecy that she taught women. I mean, she was no, she knew her Torah, she was well respected. And the um the people, the elders of Israel came to consult her at the time when they needed some, you know, counsel and Jeremiah was out of the country. So they went to Hilda. So I think these are interesting things. And this is just, you know, a little information about the month of Adar. So uh, today's part, I just have to tell you this little story because this is really, you know, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> but um, I've been going through all my notes and, you know, organizing, collecting my thoughts, getting more linear. And I came across this little enigmatic uh, phrase or verse, I'm always cut and pasting things together. Um, and I didn't know where it was. I didn't have the scripture retimer. I didn't know where it came from. And I was like, oh my gosh, that I got to look that up because that is really great. That, that verse is just a loaded verse, especially for the keys. And I'll tell you in a second. But so then, but when I woke up this morning, you know, it was Sabbath, Shabbat. And so I looked at, the, you know, run to read the daily Parsha, see where we were in the cycle. It's another great thing to do. To be connected. If you're in, if you are part of the move of Elohim that's on the planet today, which is called the reunification of the whole house of Israel, it's good to get on the calendar reading that Judah has been on for thousands of years. So, anyways, it's called the Parsha. But today's Parsha was in Exodus 21 through 24, and I started uh, reading it, and lo and behold, that verse is right there. 
right in the middle. And I was like, oh, Father, thank you. I don't even have to look for it. It's right here, and it's in context, and I get it. <laughs> so I want to share it with you because I do think it's very, very germane to what happens. It's a perfect example of what happens to God's people when they lose the keys, when they lose the correct spiritual application of these words in their, in their esoteric or their coded or, you know, when they refer to parts of us. Like, okay, everybody knows that, he, you know, you say he puts his shoes on. We're talking about literal shoes. But when you're referring to parts of the soul or parts of the heart, parts of the mind, you know, these other parts of us that are invisible, you have to use language in a way. And it's all established and coded. So in this verse, two of the key, key words that I wish are, are body, or bread, and water. So without any more ado, let me, um, let me read it and then and decipher it. So it says in, uh, in, and again, they call this section, this is a very meaty section, about the law, the Torah. These are all these admonitions, like laws, ordinances, the words that are used, um, precepts, commandments, for the people of Israel to do. And Yahweh promises them, if you will do this, you will live above the nations. You will always be the head and not the tail. All right, it's very meaty. They call this some of the most uh, packed Torah law sections in the whole of Torah. But there was this verse, in, it's found in Exodus 23, 25. And um, I won't really, the context, well, I, I don't want to get into too much of the context because you got, should read it today because it's your Parsha as much as it's mine. But it says here, you shall worship Hashem, your God, and you shall and he shall bless your bread and your water, and I, your Elohim, because that's shall remove illness from your midst. That's a heck of a promise. I mean, all of a sudden, if you and if you read another translation, what I had was here: you shall serve Yahweh, Yod Hey Vav Hey, which is what it is, and it's very important to understand. It is, you know, and the Jews would put the word Hashem because to them it's such a sacred name, and it should be sacred to us. But we need to understand what it means. So, you shall serve Yahweh, yod heh vav -Hey, your Elohim. He will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Now, that was the promise. And to a large extent, it played itself out. These people became, in the desert, awesomely, the, the generation that finally got it and, and lived it with all their heart, were, were like this fierce um, fighting machine on the planet and they also were like this healthy wise and um people that was settling in this new land and it was noticed by the nations these people were not like everyone else this is like so what made them that way okay so this is where i want to say because see it's so relevant today because we do not have it's obvious anyway, that Yahweh is not delivering us from our sicknesses today. If anything, our sicknesses are worse. If anything, our quote-unquote sicknesses with this whole pandemic is so serious, our attitude towards sickness, that we are ready to take these vaccines, these experimental vaccines that, you know, really only Abba knows what's in them, and the nefarious, the nefarious possibilities of what could be wrapped up in this whole complete lockdown on our health. Okay, it's very, very serious. So, but what's so interesting is how the Torah is communicating some very important information. How it's, it's, 
that's what these words are referring to. So we are not, and you know, you know, I am not teaching. You're not going to find what you're looking for, the meat of the word, if you do not understand parts, and that's what I teach, um, A-R-D-E-S. And I'm going to be, I teach the sowed level. And I will tell you something. This is the level that Yahweh was trying to teach the children of Israel in the wilderness. All of these sowed level mysteries and understandings that if they would live according to these principles, they would live these incredibly healthy, fruitful, productive lives. And they would be a blessing in all the earth. And actually the envy of all the earth. I mean, these are the promises because at that level, Yahweh is revealing to them the secrets behind health and longevity and what's really going on and who the enemy is and how to, you know, how to beat the odds, so to speak. So, but the thing you have to understand here, we're not talking, we're not in the Peshat level. We are not talking about literal bread and literal water. Now, do we throw our brains out in this system? You said, there's actually literal bread and water that we do need to eat. That's not the application here, because the application is directly tied to um, health, right? All illness is being dispelled from you. Well, most people are eating bread and water today, really, and they are more ill and sick than we have ever been. Americans are at their highest level of, of sicknesses and chronic illnesses and obesity and things. Things are very going haywire here. And now they're ready to throw their life into the hands of these multinational um, conglomerates who want to inject them with all these chemicals and nobody really knows what the long-term ramifications of these things are. We are losing our critical thinking skills along with all of our freedoms and everything else because we do not esteem Torah. All right. Bread here relates to, now, I teach a system. And I am getting ready to release and I'm very, this incredible teaching series, my first in a module on Keys to the Kingdom, where this type of information, how these words are coded to our psychology, our mentality, how we think, what, what, we, what we believe, uh, how we feel, all of these things, which are absolutely 100% tied into healing, health, illness, uh, health, illness, and wellness that everyone, you know, if you're awake, you're realizing these things. All right, let me get something here because I have to, I should have had it. I teach, I have discovered a great, a pearl of great price, the treasure. I have discovered the tree of life. Quite seriously, this in this systematic theology, according to what the prophets and Torah, most everyone who wrote our text, who understood how the combination of the letters the num that are that, that are that are numbers and the sephirith, the attributes of Elohim combined to make everything, and how the Torah is written. Now I might have gone over your head, but I want you to understand this is cutting edge understanding. This is the total restoration of that what has been lost. Judah has always known this. This is why the Jews have always stayed to a large extent at the top of their game in many set um. Areas. They are intellectual uh, powerhouses. They have been a great blessing to the nations in medicine and in, in just so many industries. Uh, and I've said this before, but there's a reason because of an understanding here, underlying understanding that Ephraim, I know I preach this, but it's like a message. It has to get out to Christianity. Okay, this is very important. I mean, obviously. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. The tongue speaks the truth of Elohim. And if you're not hearing it and receiving it internally, then it's not doing you any good. Bread equals body. 
okay? So bread is a re referring to the part of us, our physicality, our body, all right? Remember Yeshua, he died, he was, and his, his sacrifice was like a bread for the nations, all right? There's a very easily understood and hard to miss, an, uh, you know, parabolic language of Yeshua being the bread of life, okay? His body, which was sacrifice, which was, you know, this was the point. He laid down his life in his, now this is related, again, let me finish my train of thought, the body, okay? Yeshua died bodily. This is coded to a Hebrew word. We got to get, you know, again, these words are coded to, to, to Hebrew words and to three-letter Hebrew root words, which you have to get back to if you want to get the principal thing, which is wisdom and understanding. But it is this level of the soul of us that is called the nephesh. And I have a lot of videos on this. This is paramount to understand. Our nephesh is equated with our body, our physicality, um, the appetites that rule our body. So there's programs, I've been through this, and it, it, and it also houses, very important, because the body is a like, like a two-part kind of thing. We have the physicality, but then it's the blood that fills our organs and is going through our whole body. That, and we know the life of the flesh, the life, the animation that's making this body work is housed in the blood in this nephish level. See, these people weren't stupid. These are the words that they use to describe processes, whether they're psychological or physical, of the body. So they call, they equate bread is the body, comes from the nephish soul life, which I'm telling you, on the tree of life, is 100% coded and understood to be down here in this world of, met, of physicality. See, people, this is all the heavens, people. There's so much we don't even know exists in our Torah. Clear, concise references. But this is where this is down here, okay? The next word there is coded to water. Now, water is the word now that is equated in this context to um, our psychological levels. Let me put it down here to our psyche. That's kind of a Greek word, P-S-Y-C-H-E, I get that right? Uh, and everybody kind of understands psychology. Um, this, it's our emotions. It's how we, you know, react to things. It's not, it's not the, okay, now, the thing that's missing, it's not the reason here, okay? The mentality is what we think. It's what we feel. And it, it, I've said this a lot, and, and it, it, it's this world of, you know, the sea that, that can be tossed and, you know, our emotions can go from zero to 10 in a heartbeat always. It's a very um, unstable world, okay? And this is equated to the world of Yetzirah, okay? Yetzirah is the level, is the Hebrew word that is used for Ruach. It refers, when you see the Ruach, it is talking about the, the, the part of us, the translations are crazy, you know, spirit, soul, breath, whatever. It's talking about the processes that are right next to us from our nephews. So in other words, if you eat something and it makes you feel good, it, psychologically, they know this people, right? And they, like, this is the whole point. Sugar 
and some of these that are so addictive that wire our brains that give our brains these real short-term bursts and then lay us that and that, that they use in a lot of foods that make us addicted to this rush this adrenaline thing this thing i mean it's a very but that process so that they're trying to get you to ingest foods that is is triggering something psychologically which is addicting you to that 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 instant hit I mean, it's not so bad. and it it's I mean it's so scientific there's nothing there's nothing theological about this this is just the way it all works and when you understand the tree of life and you'll understand here I I told you the world the nephesh is down here in this world of physicality this world up here look at it says um yet it says ruach it is the area of this part of our personality I mean, they knew it was there. They weren't stupid. They were trying to put it into the language. All right? So in other words, so let's come full circle. Now that I'm saying you must tie these words into the body and the soul of the individual must be in a certain place if they're going to get this promised healing from uh, sickness, H-E-A-L-I-N-G, from sickness, from the midst, okay? And I'm pretty sure because we're including water, the psyche, we're not talking just about physical sicknesses, we're talking about psychological sicknesses, right? Paranoias and fears and phobias and, and schizophrenias and things that really affect us in these levels. Okay, so what is in, now let me just give you this too, because in case you think I'm not correct uh connecting my dots correctly so to speak let's go to proverbs now what i want to say well let's go to proverbs okay because this is the so level this is the understanding and this is what in in in, in the whole of the laws is a lot of people don't understand with motion all these things what he was telling people how to live energetically above um, the lesser, the lower, the demonic, the negative, the energies that are meant, that will, eventually will kill you, will erode, will, will destroy. That's their whole job, all right? Um, there are things that are made to break down and um, these things. Okay, so we have to understand another, okay, so, but let me just say the third thing. I want to make, make this point. Bread, water. Okay, so we have body and soul, but the one thing that isn't there is spirit. Remember the Torah, even the New Testament, you understand, we're made, it tells us a body, a soul, and a spirit. But to most Christians, that's like all we can know. You know, I got this soul, I got this. But no, you these processes are really defined and nailed down. And see, this is the thing about Kabbalah that people don't understand, that the Jews have, because it's a divine Torah is a divine book, and Torah came from Hashem. He explained, you know, he taught Moshe. I mean, the people that taught the Jews these high-level concepts. Oh, dear. I needed to finish this statement. They, um, this was transmitted. Like, this is the information that was given to 70, the 70 elders. This is the information that's kind of like in the oral Torah. This is the point of it. It's like, this is a, a more elevated understanding that ne not necessarily, if you wrote everything down, people, like I've said, hundred, you'd be carrying a, a suitcase to church every week, all right? Things have been truncated down and so that you get a little verse like this. But if you reference the larger concept, 
of Torah in going to Proverbs. Because I was going to say the one thing that is not included in this list is the spirit. Right? So does the spirit have anything to do with healing? Obviously. Because this in our spirit we are healthy and whole and healing. These are the, this, is the, this is the thing. We're trying to bring that down into manifestation. Okay? But this level, you can do nothing against the truth. In the spirit, see, the enemy can't do anything against the truth. I mean, he can, he can ask for it, he can, he can hide it from you, he can try to veil it, he can twist it, all these things, but he can't change it, okay? But in your body, in your soul, there's a lot that the enemy can do to us, and does, and has done. And we need to get back part of the whole revival, the great awakening, the repentance, the tikkun, the teshiva, for whatever you want to call it, the millennium. When we get back to Torah and to the sold level understandings and we apply them and we will get the results that are guaranteed. Now, let me say in Proverbs, this information, this understanding is kept as it says in Proverbs, for I have given you a good teaching. That motion there, they altered, this is good Torah teaching. Um, he says, I've given you teaching, do not forsake my Torah. All right? So, it, which in the sense, the, the instruction, don't miss it, okay? He says, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding, do not forget and do not stray from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake Torah, it will guard you, love you, and protect you. See, one thing we have to understand, Christians who deal mostly with the quote-unquote New Testament don't understand what's in our Old Testament Torah. <laughs> and it is to your detriment, but the, I'm not preaching that today, for I want to go down to verse, uh, uh, in this same chapter, 14, and I think it's in verse uh, 23. It's in here, it says, my child, or 2020, my child, be attentive to my speech, incline your ear to my words, let them not depart from your eyes, guard them within your heart. I mean, there's so many, you know, working parts. He's telling you how to ingest this, hear it, see it. Um, Make it, bring it into your heart, believe it, act on it, whatever. Um, he says, for they are life to him who finds them and healing for all his flesh. That's what it says, healing for all his flesh. Okay, so there's a second witness, a confirmation that there is something in Torah. And this is why, again, the, the things like the dietary laws and a lot of these understandings have been ignored by Ephraim. And today, we have such a crisis on our hand, um, we're ready to, like, hand our lives and, and the lives of our children, which we have been doing with all these vaccines, to, 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 to globalist pharmaceutical conglomerates who, I mean, let's just follow the money, okay? But before I get there, okay, there's something that is, it needs to be understood. Now, okay. To just to establish my case that we, again, are in an allegorical understanding. And if we go back to um, Proverbs 13, let me go to this one now, Proverbs 13, where I told you it's absolutely using it in an allegorical way, which means there's a hint in this, and there's a remez, there's a hint to there's something going deeper. Of course, the drosh is all the instruction that's in Torah on how to do this. 
And the soul level is giving you the why. Like, why is that? Like, what's going on? You know, be wise as a serpent. What's going on? Okay, but let me get back to uh, Proverbs 13, 2. And this is sort of another mantra I've had lately because Ephraim, you've got to wake up. And now more than ever is a time to wake up and get into action and understand that the wicked plot against the righteous, that's what they do. Historically, they don't change their stripes. And if we don't get on top of, they believe that and get on top of it and figure out what they're doing to us and put a stop to it. <laughs> All right. So it says, when the powerful and their evil desires, when the powerful utter their evil desires and the, and, oh, all right, I got to go there because I thought I wrote the whole thing down really well and I didn't. Let me go to 13.2. One who guards his... All right, well, we're going to have to go this way. For the fruits of man's speech... It's not saying the same thing. When the powerful and their evil desires and the prince... All right, when the prince... And the judge demand a bribe, number one. This is talking about the condition when the wicked are ruling, which is kind of what we have today. The prince and the judge demand a bribe. I mean, we are in a time when there's nothing honest going on in this in, in the quote-unquote swamp. And then when the powerful utter their evil desires and they make, they're like out in the open. They are so arrogant and strutful. They're just like telling you exactly what they're going to do and have no shame. All right. And that is where we are. And it says in um, in here, if you want, uh, you will keep your body. Uh, oh, my gosh. I forgot the, the, the wine. We had a Bible verse that totally confirmed it. And you're going to have to give me a second. Well, it talks about how the wine, they drink, they eat the bread of wickedness, and they drink the wine of violence. This is the wicked. Now, this is a very important because they eat, again, think of it this way, eat the bread of wickedness. Another thing that's needed to be understood about this, this like row of analogies that totally fits, the bread is because it's our physical body. What is it that you see in the body? The deeds. So bread equals is the deeds. You know, what we do. The end result. The water, because it comes from our psyche, which is our, our emotional life, is giving us our intention. <coughs> All right? So we have deeds, and then you have the intention, which is behind that deed, which Yeshua said very clearly. The point is, you know, be careful what the desires of your heart are, because they will eventually manifest in your deeds. Keep your heart pure, and your deeds will be pure. But um, this analogy on the sowed level of equating bread with wicked deeds and water, it says the wine of um, violence. Because wine is representing the intention there, the heart. So a de somebody's deed would be evil. Let's say they would they would condone violence, rioting in the street, you know, destruction of personal property, absolutely no regard for people's freedoms and rights. And that it would be fueled by the, the intention of the violence of their heart. 
the wine. Wine is a word that is equated in life because wine is a liquid. See, they're never going to, you know, you would use wine for the intention, for the emotional state, because it's a liquid, because it's, got, see, the, the, the correspondence there, which is bent on violence. I mean, if you're not into, if you're not upholding law and order, then you can't be laissez-faire because these people are wicked and they are going to prey on you if the laws, if you will let them. So you need to enforce, quote unquote, that's the whole point, the laws on the books. So um, one of the things is, is that this is allegorically used in the sense. Now, the flip it around. How do we get preyed upon in, in our body, in our, in, in our psyche, and so that we cannot receive any of these healing benefits? Because we totally do not allow Torah to be our instruction, to be the rule of thumb upon which we base our actions and our intentions in so many respects. Um, yeah, so these people, they eat, by the way, uh, Isaac, let's say, and this is again proven by our great patriarchs. I mean, if you look at a lot of their lives in the Bible, it's very clear at how they ended their life. Like Isaac, it's very clear when he died at 180, and he was full of years. So in other words, he lived a good, long, ripe life. All the connotations and all the midrashes will tell you that he was healthy when he died, he was contented, you know, the, the whole um, issue between Isaac and Jacob had been resolved. They were living at peace, at least at the end of their lives. Their, their progeny didn't exactly keep the peace, but that's a different story. Isaac died at 180, full of children, years, contented, healthy. I mean, that was the promise. And everyone, the midrash will tell you that Isaac was like the spitting image of his father. Physically looked like, but, but emotionally, the way he followed Torah, he pursued Torah with an uncompromising passion, and it obviously it played out in his life. In a very close relationship with his grandchildren, especially with Jacob. So um, this stuff is, is, is very true, and it's very real, and it's not made up. But I want to say, see, this is, let me just give you the statistics today, because the, the war we're waging, Oh, this is what drives me crazy. It's such a propaganda war because it's, it, it, and I say this a lot now because it's like this propaganda machine, this narrative that's being foisted on us by this, which is now truly energetically a huge principality, has a huge conglomerate network. I mean, just look at the way they're able to shut down free speech and how the, the, the tech giants, how the, the airwaves is being so controlled today. But just talking about the food thing, uh, I mean, these are the real facts about COVID. First of all, it's such a pandemic. I mean, I just went to the doctor. All my markers are fine. I have no predisposition to anything right now. Praise Hashem. But I do live a clean, uh, healthy lifestyle to the best I can. So I have no predisposition to COVID. I would never get the vaccine. My age has nothing to do with it. The promise is people live that you, that he can protect you even in your old age. Hey, what's the point of having a God for 70 years and then all of a sudden you get to the end of your life and like, you know, you can't trust him anymore. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. See, right into my dying breath. The promise is. Now, does the body degenerate? And there's, I want to say this, this is a deep subject. 
because you got to throw in like the thing I taught about last week about reincarnation, about quote unquote the whole point of what the lot. You know, there's so many deep other things going on. All right, but the point is basically by and large, you keep a pure heart and a pure body and a pure spirit through your mind. You will be heads and tails above your neighbors in health. I mean, I'm sorry. That is the way it is. But let me get back to this. Processed foods, junk foods, and 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 soft drinks, this whole unbelievably stronghold of convincing people that this stuff is food, that this stuff is stuff you can ingest into your body year after year, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. The ton, you've seen the videos, I hope, on the tons of sugar. Sugar is a known carcinogen. This stuff kills you. Your body is not made to run on this stuff. These are the key culprits in the rise of chronic diseases, which has affected everyone. And, they, and, it, and it plays a key role in COVID-19 deaths. They know this. Everyone knows this, people. We are not... This is... We have to... Even we have to get a grip. They will kill us all. <laughs> because that's the... Because the way... They are wired to retrain us, and because we listen to it, and we buy into it, and we, we go with it, with no resistance, the, this, this is going to get really, really bad, I think, in the next couple of years, and especially under Biden, because this is the plan. These globalists, they, if, if, and the wor on the first level, you're nothing but a money dollar sign to them, and, and they can just make tons of money. If we would stop eating this stuff for a weekend, we could do so much damage to their pocketbooks. These large multinational, multinational companies. Let me just tell you, um, health experts are calling out ultra processed foods as the key player in COVID-19 deaths and calling on public health guidelines to warn the public of their risk. Now that's the fact, people. I don't care what the media, oh my gosh. And the other one I thought, yeah, oh, another lack of vitamin D is adding to this. Oh my gosh, can you imagine people locked into their homes? I think of these poor kids in cities and places where just locked in, not able to get the, 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 the outdoor activity and sun and fresh. And, oh my gosh, it's just, and wearing this crazy, crazy mask. This is just nothing but putting a slow death on our youth. But listen, the point is we had to, the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, it, it, it just said, just think of the, the, the revenue and how much money you could, if you had that much money to spend, Coca-Cola made 46.9 billion. You know, actually, I think these are, these are in the last 10 years. I pulled these off the site, but I'm sure they're not that much. And I'm sure it's probably going up even with COVID. What are people doing around? Sitting around eating more junk food. Okay, the revenue of 96, 46.9 billion, they spent 3 billion on advertising. How do you make war with this beast? It's everywhere. You can't go anywhere in modern society. And I even went, you know, I went here, there. I mean, all the food, it's all, it's everywhere. Every gas station, it, it, everywhere you go, it's there. General Mills, another one, 17.9 billion. Their profits, well, their advertising spending budget was 1.1 billion. How, how, I, I get it. Revenue. Uh, Mars. You know, I, love, I used to love um, my favorite food. Uh, what do you call it? Those little M&Ms. Oh, my gosh. How can you not eat a whole bag of them? <laughs> M&Ms, 33 billion. Advertising, 2.2 billion. 
See, this is not, these are unbelievable campaigns geared at changing our minds from keeping Torah to keeping some kind of fabricated, you know, lifestyle that these things are going to get, bring us life, liberty, and happiness and health to our bodies. Obviously, it's not playing out. Obviously, people, we need to go back to a biblical understanding of what it means that if we will eat, if our, in our body and in our psyche, we will follow Torah. Now, like I said, I'm not a drosh teacher. I don't really kind of go into all this. But it doesn't take a lot to understand. And this is what's important, and this is what's at stake when you find out somebody like Bill Gates is becoming the biggest farm holder in America. I mean, what is that about? Obviously, the plan to control the whole food source. This is really the next thing that is right upon us. Um, but I do know, listen, the Father took them out. He gave them quail and manna to eat in the wilderness. So he will give us something. We will have a sustenance. All right? Uh, so there's nothing that we have to have any fear about. But the point is, we have to get control right now in a, in a very large way. Of, and, and there has to be a huge public outcry against this whole, you know, it, they used to call it the military-industrial complex. Well, I have to add the third. got to add the third leg to that stool. It's a military-industrial-pharmaceutical now um, complex that is constantly at war against us to sap us of all our spiritual strength, our will to live right now, and, and, and destroy our bodies. I mean, that's what the Bible says that the wicked do. So I don't know why we should act so surprised and have some Pollyanna understanding and think that everybody is out for our good and that this swamp, these people who have been in power for 30, 40, 50 years, some of them, and it's only gone from bad to worse. So, anyways, let's let's repeat the, the Torah portion for today because this is the truth of, of Elohim. This is the truth of God in Christ. It says that um, if you will serve Yahweh your Elohim and he will bless your bread and your water, he will bless your body, he will bless your soul so that you can live, you know, like no root of bitterness can grow up so that you don't have to deal with all these emotional psychosomatic illnesses that will come as a, as a result of these things, okay? And he will take sickness away from the midst of you. Hey, I believe that. I believe that that is absolutely a paramount understanding we have before we get this healing revival that I do believe has been promised and was given, you know, because Elohim is merciful. He knows we are, we are like <laughs> by the throat, okay? He will send deliverers. He will send help to us. But we as the people, it says over and over, we have to acknowledge our sins and we have to acknowledge the sins of our fathers. We have inherited lies. So on that note, Shabbat Shalom. Hashem is always good and we always have the victory, especially through Yeshua HaMashiach. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Tune in next week as Liz brings out more on the mysteries that matter and more food for the soul. Thanks for tuning in.